This is episode 156, How to Connect More with Your Father with Nicholas. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Thank you again to all my new listeners. As a reminder, every Wednesday, a coaching episode comes out, and those episodes are always numbered, and that's when I coach a live caller on the air. And every Saturday, I release a Coach's Corner episode, and that's where I interview an expert, answer listener email questions, or just riff on a topic like I did last Saturday. I talked about the six things you should never feel guilty about. So if you're new to the show, go ahead and binge all the episodes, starting with episode number one, are there on iTunes and also on my website under christinehasler.com slash podcast for you to listen to. So if you've got a road trip coming up, just scroll through the titles, see which one jumps out to you and dive right in. I'm excited to share today's episode because we have a unique question, one that I haven't gotten on the air before, which is from a young man who's looking to foster a deeper emotional connection with his father. I love that more men are coming on to the show. So if you are a man and you want to be coached on the show, please email assist at christinehassler.com and we'll get you on the waiting list. Also, special request to all of my listeners and tribe, please, please sign up, subscribe to my YouTube channel because if we get up to 10,000 subscribers, we're going to have access to a YouTube studio and more resources, which means I can do more content on YouTube for you. So just go to YouTube slash Christine Hassler and be sure to hit subscribe. Before we dive into today's episode, I have a story that I want to share with you. If you've listened for a while, you know that I love sharing tidbits from my personal life with all of you, my tribe, when I feel there's a valuable lesson in it for us all. This story has to do with intuition and magic and being able to really listen to guidance from the universe. People ask me very frequently how I'm able to tap into my intuition. And one of the biggest ways I do that is to stay out of reaction and judgment. The story will give you an example of that. So last weekend, my partner, Steph, and I were taking a walk on the beach and he had his wallet, his keys, his phone in his pockets. And you know, guys' pockets are, they're kind of loose. So we go for a walk on the beach and then we go and get some food and then we're walking back and he's reaching in his pockets and he goes, oh no. And the keys weren't in there. And in that moment, in my mind, I'm going, oh gosh, that's my only key to my car. I don't know where the other one is. All my stuff's in storage. And that's the key to the house that we're renting. And the other keys that were in the lockbox were locked in the house. So I could have gone into extreme panic in that moment, but I know from experience that if I go into panic or judgment or fear that I can't connect my intuition. And I truly believe that our intuition and our connection to the universe will guide us through, will guide us to the answers, will guide us to the highest good. 
Now, Steph, on the other hand, felt terrible because the keys were in his pockets and he was running, retracing steps. We were called the restaurant to see if we could find him there. And as I'm walking down the street, walk, trying to walk back to the restaurant to see if the keys were there, I'm just talking to the universe. And I'm like, I know you're going to help me find these. I just asked the angels and guides to help. And I kept seeing this visual image of my car key on a rock. And I just kept seeing that, kept seeing that. And we retraced our steps. We walk all the way back to the restaurant. Then we walk across the street, back to the beach, retrace our steps to the beach, walk across this one part that we had to take a bridge over. And all of a sudden I see this couple sitting and there's lots of people on the beach. This is a Saturday. And this couple sitting under an umbrella and I hadn't seen them before, but my inner guidance, and again, I knew that I just had to stay clear, stay open. My guidance would get me there. My inner guidance said to me, go up and ask that couple if they've seen keys. So I walk up and I ask this couple, I'm like, Hey, by any chance, we think we dropped our keys somewhere along here. By any chance, have you seen keys? And like, Oh my gosh, yes. Somebody found some keys and put them up on that rock. And there was my car key and the house key sitting on a rock. And I scream, I like scream in celebration. I scream, thank you universe. I screamed to Steph, we found him. And in that moment, it was just another reminder of we're always guided. We're always guided. But sometimes if we get too reactive, we can't hear that guidance. Now, I also could have gotten mad. I could have gotten mad at myself for not keeping the keys in a better place. I could have gotten mad at Steph. I could have gotten whatever. I could have just went into panic. Oh my gosh, how are we going to get in the car? How are we going to get back in the house? But I knew that panicking wasn't going to help me find my keys. So the next time you're in a situation where you really need your intuition, you need that guidance, you're in a situation where you could panic and you could react, I encourage you, don't go there. Really drop in, pray, listen, ask for help, stay calm, because that's how the guidance gets in. Now, quick acknowledgement of our sponsors for the week before I get into the four things to consider before you listen to this episode. So one thing I never used to think about is deodorant. I would just put it on and go. But this is something I use every day. So if there's a safer alternative, I want to know about it. That's why I've got to tell you about the aluminum-free deodorant that changed the game for me, Kopari. Kopari's coconut, yes, coconut deodorant is aluminum-free, and it actually works. Instead of plugging up your sweat glands, Kopari's deodorant takes care of any smell without messing your body's natural patterns. Most importantly, it actually works. Remember that car key story I was telling you? Okay, it was hot last weekend. Well, hot for California, 85 degrees. And I had a lot of unexpected walking on the beach. And that Kopari deodorant did not let me down. It fights odor with plant-based actives such as sage oil and coconut oil. It's gotten a lot of love from editors at Cosmo and People. And the deodorant is Kapari's number one selling product. They can barely keep it in stock. And it doesn't leave behind that sticky white residue, just the sweet, subtle scent of fresh coconut milk. I love the way it smells. And I love that it's free of the stuff I don't want on my body. Silicone, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, and baking soda. So it's great for sensitive skin. I love knowing there's a safe, clean option out there that works well and smells amazing. So why wouldn't you want to try it too? And Kopari offers a money-back guarantee, so there's no reason not to. So say aloha to Kopari. Go to koparibeauty.com slash over it to make the safe switch today and see how you can save $5 off your first order. That's Kopari, K-O-P-A-R-I, beauty.com slash over it, koparibeauty.com slash over it. And now 
it is time to talk about bras. <laughs> it's funny. I was facilitating my mastermind for all my B-school participants last weekend, and we had a gentleman there, and he said, I love your podcast. I have to fast forward through all the bra ads, but hey, gentlemen, you could get a great bra for your lady from Third Love because Third Love uses thousands of women's real measurements and designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind so they fit impeccably and feel even better. And Third Love just added 24 new sizes, making them the industry leader with a total of 70 sizes. And there's true quality in every stitch. Details make the difference from premium fabrics to expert designs. And it's super convenient. I love that Third Love just delivers my bra straight to my door. I can skip the trip to the mall and the terrible dressing room with the fluorescent lights. Find your fit in 60 seconds online. Order, try one on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. And Third Love offers a perfect fit guarantee. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash over it now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Again, thirdlove.com slash over it. All right. So before you listen to my coaching session with Nicholas, consider, is there a parent you're longing for a deeper connection to? Has doing your own personal growth work and healing or therapy inspired a longing for less surface, more intimate conversations in most, if not all of your relationships? And regardless if you're a man or a woman, is emotionally bonding with your father maybe a bit more challenging than your mother? Are you scared or nervous to attempt to shift a relationship to become more intimately emotionally connected because you may get shut down and feel rejected? So keep these questions percolating as you listen to my coaching session with Nicholas. Nicholas, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, I have a question about connecting with my dad on a deeper level. Mm. I've made a bunch of, I guess, self-improvements in the last couple of years, and we've never had a truly connective relationship or conversation. Okay. And how old are you now? 27. 27. Well, first, this is a beautiful question. How, how amazing that you're asking that. Um, tell me about your relationship growing up and tell me a little bit more about your dad. Our relationship was pretty good. I uh, grew up in Bush, Alaska, so we mm. did a lot of stuff in the wilderness together. And I felt like we've had a good relationship as far as teaching and learning stuff. But there was also a never emotional connection or intimate connection with him. And when you say you want more of an emotional and intimate connection with him, what does that look like for you? I would say just kind of more of a conversation about who he was growing up mm -hmm. and how he feels now and more just a, a conversation about more emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and like I said, I, I love this and I totally support this. So this question is just out of curiosity. Why is this important to you? Why do you want this? I think it has to do with knowing myself more mm. 
I made a new connection this past year, a new relationship with my mom. And I felt like it helped a lot as far as how we see each other and we get along. And I would like to do that with my dad as well. Okay. And what kind of work have you, it sounds like you're a very self-aware for a 27 year old man. It's awesome. Uh, what kind of work have you done that has helped you? Cause if you're longing for this kind of connection, that tells me that you have a deeper, you have motion, more emotional availability within yourself. You feel more connected to yourself. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what's been your journey? What kind of work has led you to this? It's been a long journey. I spent a lot of years self-medicating and using vices and just not allowing my emotions to come or feel them. And in this past year, I've used the wilderness as a big, big healer. I've taken a trip down to the Amazon and used some plant medicines, worked with some plant medicines. And in the past year, I spent in a wilderness school that had a large aspect with community, nature connection, and healing old traumas. And just a large part of it was healing old wounds. Mm. Mm. And do any of those wounds have to do with your dad? I would say yes. Since I've gotten home, I've noticed a lot of a lot of things that have related to, I'd say, wounds. Can you share some of those with me? Because that will help me guide my advice for you on how to connect with him. It certainly just shut down emotionally. Mm-hmm. I was I was shut down emotionally most of my life. And I see I see a lot of that coming home mm-hmm. and being around him. Mm-hmm. And that that's just been that was the catalyst of it. And I find it difficult to start any sort of conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, again, kudos to the work that you've done. You've really done a lot of work and that takes a lot of courage and you have courage that your dad probably hasn't tapped into. You know, part of what makes us available to deeper connections is navigating through our own pain and doing our own self-work because the reason it's hard for us to have deeper connections or just connect through activities, you know, it sounds like your dad can go fishing with you or something like that, but when it comes to the real heartfelt conversations, he struggles and there, there isn't a connection there because when we're not connected to ourselves, it's hard to have that kind of intimacy with another, you know, we have to be willing to look at ourselves, which is exactly why you want this now, because you've done this kind of work, you have this emotional availability. And so surface level connections probably aren't as fulfilling for you anymore. You want the deeper kind of connections. So let me ask you this, in terms of your relationship with your dad, you said he wasn't very emotionally available, but was there anything else? Was he, was he hard on you? Was he critical? Um, did you feel like he never was proud of you? Like what kind of things did you yearn for specifically that you didn't get? There was, there's been a, was an intimacy thing where I just didn't feel like he was necessarily interested in, in my life or mm-hmm. my passions. There's been like saying I love you or both goes both ways it that wasn't something my family's ever shared or said mm. I think that was that's kind of the big part is just a distance and and intimacy and okay so there passion. was there was no violence he wasn't cheating on your mom he wasn't being super critical there was just kind of a shutdown 
lack of real heartfelt intimacy and love and affection. Is that correct? Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay. And tell me a little bit about your dad's upbringing and where he comes from. Not geographically, but a little bit about his background. Yeah. And that's something I would like to know more about. But as, as far as I'm aware, he grew up in a fairly good sized family. I believe his father passed away when he was mm. relatively young, mm. um, pre preteen, adolescent age. And I also believe he had a stepfather that might have been a little abusive. Mm. Um, brother was in the Vietnam. Mm. He was he was young for that. I also think his mom served as a nurse in a couple wars. Mm. And I don't know much more about that. Okay. So just the little that you do know, what that tells me about having a dad that died and then a stepfather that was abusive, his relationship with men and with the masculine, is there's some wounding there. Can you see that? There's some hurt there. And, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and he didn't have a model on on really how to be a father because he didn't really have a father. So he did the best he could and did activities with you and all that kind of stuff. But what happens when we get hurt is, you know, with his father dying, being in a big family, maybe not getting a lot of attention, having a stepfather that's abusive, is to protect ourselves, we just shut ourselves off emotionally. And it's even in a lot of ways harder for men because, and this is shifting and changing now, but men have so much conditioning around being stoic, you know, around being strong, about not being emotional, around we can bond over, you know, sports or fishing or hunting or whatever, but the emotional intimacy is sometimes judged as weak. And because of that, for a lot of men, it's, it's difficult, it's challenging, but it's also rather awkward. Even you saying right now, like, I don't know how to do it. And, and also, you know, being able to do it with your mom, it's sometimes a little easier because, and this is just a generalization, women, it's, it's sort of, we have less conditioning to fight over being vulnerable. It's been more accepted for us. So you get to help your dad not only become more connected to you, but also break down some of the the walls he has around his heart and some of the beliefs around what it means to be a man. Now, I say that to you not from the sense of it's your job to help him, but it sounds to me like you feel a yearning to have a deeper connection and maybe help him have a healthy – you might be the first man – in his life that he has a healthy relationship with. And that's pretty exciting, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. That said, it's important for you, Nicholas, to do this without any attachment to him ever opening up or him ever really shifting or ever really changing because sometimes for people, they just aren't willing in this lifetime to open up because it's just too painful. So can you be okay with that? If I, I'm going to give you some tips but can you be okay with if even if you go down this road and you you attempt to do it can you have high intention and involvement but low attachment yeah i've, I've certainly looked at it like that in the past Good. past few weeks good and can you not take anything personally if he quote unquote rejects some of your attempts to connect deeply i could certainly try okay 
Yeah, I know. That's that's like a that's like a when someone asks you a hypothetical, it's like, well, I can try, but in the moment we'll see. But it's important to have that awareness because that's going to help nourish the healthy masculine in you. Because what you're doing right now by all the work that you're doing and asking this question and having more intimacy with yourself and others and a deeper connection is you're helping to bring healthy masculine into the world. Maybe you've heard me mention on the show before, we've been in a paradigm where it's been more the patriarchy, more the masculine energy kind of quote unquote ruling the world, but it's been more the shadow masculine. It hasn't been the healthy masculine. We haven't really seen what that looks like on a large scale. And what you're doing is part of that. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. And can you be proud of yourself for that? Yeah, I, I feel it. Great. And the shifts that you're making, what's really cool, you know, so many people in their 20s and 30s and even early 40s are generational pattern breakers. You know, you get to break the pattern of sort of a a disconnection between father and son. And if you ever choose to have children, you get to have a more healthy relationship. Not to say your relationship with your dad wasn't healthy, but it just wasn't as loving as probably that you would like. So this is really from my perspective, cool, (laughs) everything that you're doing. And I keep validating and acknowledging you because I just want to help the not taking it personally part by really showing you the bigger picture that this is just about, it's about more than just you and your dad. Can you see that? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So before I get to my suggestions, what have you tried with him so far that hasn't worked? I haven't tried what I've wanted to try. I haven't tried to, to just directly say something. Um, there's always been some fear that's come up and I've decided to go at it at a, a more of approach of my passion. So just trying to talk to him and about what I'm passionate about. And yeah. I haven't spoke to him about, I haven't asked him the questions about him. Right. Right. Well, and why is that? Why haven't you asked yet? There's a fear. I I haven't figured out what it is, but I always, I always get, I feel like I'm blocked from asking the questions. I think you know what the fear is. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is? A rejection. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just say you ask him a question. You say, dad, I want to know more about your life. It's important to me. And he says, I don't want to talk about the past. The past is the past. How would that land inside of you? Sure. It would, it would hurt. Um, but I also realize that there's only so much that he's willing to talk about. Correct. This is, this is the important part, Nicholas, is, is his resistance has zero to do with you. The only, the only part that could have anything to do with you is if he's too ashamed to talk about it because he's afraid he's going to get emotional and he doesn't want to be emotional in front of his son. He might have a belief that he has to stay strong in front of you. And so sharing anything is a sign of weakness. So in a sense, he might be not wanting to talk about it to protect you. I get that it's what you really want from him. But if he has an idea of what he thinks he needs to be to be a father, 
that might be part of the difficulty. And that has zero to do with you not mattering or you asking something inappropriate or you doing something wrong. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple of suggestions I have for you. One thing I've learned, and I don't know if someone told me this or if I just learned it in my interactions with men, is it's a lot easier to have these kind of conversations with a man when you're moving, when you're engaged in an activity versus just sitting there looking at each other. So what's hmm. something, what's a physical activity that you like doing together? Uh, they're starting to get few and far, but he does a lot of yard work and and stuff outside and I could always help him with that. Okay. That's a great idea. Or even would he ever go for a walk with you? That's not something we've ever done. So that, that might be, might, might be a little awkward. Okay. Okay. Well, if you can get in any situation where you're moving, you're doing something, that's great. If not, it's fine. Here's how I would come at it. What do you think the best way to like make someone feel comfortable and not make them defensive? What do you think the best kind of way to do that is? The best way to set that up? Do you have any guesses? And there's no wrong answers. Hmm. Maybe come in with an example of my own personal, something of personal about myself. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. See, you're so smart. So here's my suggestion. To start off, and and that's a great way, and another great way to help people not feel defensive is to really acknowledge them. You know, if I'm about to have a conversation with someone that I want them to feel safe and I want them to be okay to be vulnerable, I acknowledge them. So even something like, you know, dad, now that I'm really, you know, I'm not a kid anymore and I'm becoming more of a man and I just want to thank you for some of the things that you've taught me and acknowledge some of those things and then share about some of the work that you've done and share maybe about a question that you have and see if you can tie that into, have you ever experienced anything like this, dad? I'd love to, you know, learn more about who you are as a person, not just my dad. Is there any, have you ever been through anything like this? Like, can you think of something now in your life that you could go to him and, and to show that vulnerability and maybe ask for a little advice. Hmm. I, I guess just, just that the asking advice about his life at my age. Yeah. 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 And here's the thing. This will take some time. I'm guessing he's, you know, in his fifties, something like that. He's had this wiring for a long time. And he also grew up in a generation where, you're supposed to be stoic and shut down and not emotional as a man. So he's got more kind of unconscious blocks to this than you do. So I just encourage you to have a lot of compassion for him and to know that just the tiniest thing he shares with you is massive. Like you might want a lot more <laughs> from him than he can give you right away. But over time, I think that he will open up more and more and more. You just need to be patient. Mm-hmm. Is this giving you some ideas? Is this helpful? Because if not, please ask me a different question. Yeah, it's it's certainly helpful. It's it's um, I would say re- reinforcing my ideas about how I'm going about it and right and taking my time. Right. Not at, not yeah, just taking what I can get. 
Right. And, and again, you know, the important thing for you is letting go of any attachment because oftentimes, you know, no matter what age we get to, we always kind of want from our parent what we never got. And part of individuating and part of a really healthy psyche and part of really kind of growing up and having a healthy inner parent is again, not having any attachment to changing our parents or getting something from them as an adult that we didn't get as a child. Right. So the little Nicholas inside of you who wanted his dad to be more emotionally available, more affectionate, more there for him, he can't be invested in this with you because we don't want him to get disappointed. You've got to give so much of this to yourself. And I also really encourage you to have other men in your life that you connect with and that sort of fill that father role and that a little bit more available to you. And with dad, have the intention of like, I want to get to know my dad as a man, as he is now. And I completely accept him and love him even if he doesn't change, but I'm going to show up and I'm going to let him see more of me and I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to ask questions. And if he's not willing to go there, that's okay. And then, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And then those parts of me that are wanted a different parent or wanted different connections, like seek mentors and seek other, yep. other people. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and also find it to your in yourself. You know, I give that advice a lot. Like, find it within yourself. But at the same time, we live in an interdependent world. So, you know, find male role models, people in your life that you can have that emotional connection with and know that, you know, you chose this dad on a soul level. And if you hadn't had a father who had this wounding, especially around the masculine with a dad that died and a stepfather that was abusive, he has a lot of wounding around father and he might not heal in this lifetime, but you will. And Mm -hmm. if he hadn't had all this, you wouldn't be on this path at such a young age. Yeah, recently, recently had that thought of regardless of my childhood, because my parents are who they are, the way I was raised, um, I'm here because of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you are shifting what it means to be a man. Like in his generation... 27-year-old men wouldn't be asking for advice on how to emotionally have more intimacy with their father. Mm-hmm. They would have been so shamed for that. And so part of your divine assignment from, you know, you have your individual life, right? But part of your divine assignment and mission is to help heal this and help bring more healthy masculinity and ways to be a father and a man in the world to the world. And you do that in your inner work, you do that in your relationships, and then you do that in how you relate to your dad. And, and, you know, I just keep encouraging you to go into compassion and know he's doing the best he can and not take his shutdown or his blocks or any of his defensiveness or his nose personally. Yeah. Because the more you take it personally, the more you reinforce the wound you have from childhood. Mm-hmm. And acknowledge your courage. You know, a lot of people might just be like, well, I give up. I can't get it there. So I'm not even going to try. I love that you're, you're trying, that you're going for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I feel very strongly about doing. And 
uh, it also something that has been difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, the difficulty comes from the attachment of wanting it to be a different way. Right. And you never know, you know, there's been relationships in my life where I feel like I wasn't getting through at all and I wasn't making any difference. And years or decades later, I see something shift and I'm like, wow. So you've got some time with this and keep the focus on, on you and Mm -hmm. yeah, be patient, release your attachment, acknowledge him, come from a place of vulnerability, not weakness, you know, you don't, don't put yourself down, but come from that place of curiosity, curiosity, that energy of curiosity that really helps people not feel defensive too. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, dad, I just, you know, I just am curious about your life. I'd, I'd love to know you better. You mean a lot to me. Yeah. I think, I think I have some ideas about how to go about it. Beautiful. How do you feel after this conversation? I feel good. I feel like releasing the attachment to it. And I believe I've had more of attachment to it than, yeah. than I, I needed or I should have. And yeah. um, I'll definitely look at it at that, the point of point of view of, as of my curiosity and how, how can I learn or yeah. What, what does he have to share with me? Do you want children someday? It's a growing interest <laughs> right mm-hmm. now. No, mm-hmm. but if I, uh, if I can create the space environment, I feel a kid could grow up in a healthy, healthy life. Then I, then I think I do. Well, you're doing that now and I have one more assignment for you. I want you All to, right. I want you to write out what what being a father means, what it feels like, what it creates. Like write out what you think a healthy father looks like, acts like, says, and spend some time on that. Get a good picture in your mind. And then use that as a compass to, and not one person can fulfill all that, right? So use that as a compass to father yourself to have a relationship with like the divine masculine and to have a relationship with other men in your life who are mentors and father figures and things like that. Okay. Will you do that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Thank you, Nicholas. I so acknowledge that you asked this question. I love that we're living in a time when there's so much healing going on, both between and within genders. You know, I see at all my retreats, especially the ones that are women only, the wounding among women and how important it is for women to come together. And P.S., my next retreat for women is my spring retreat. It always fills up. Go to christinehasser.com slash spring dash retreat or email jill at christinehasser.com. But in this retreat, one of the topics that always comes up is the wounding among women and also often the mother-daughter wound. It's something that as women, often we have difficulty navigating. And that's true for sons with their fathers as well. And there's wounding among men as well, father to son, brother to brother, friend to friend. And so this session is a great example of how men, 
especially the younger generation of men, are really looking to break some of those old paradigms, the old patterns of men having to not be emotionally connected, you know, for fathers and sons to be more affectionate, to be more intimate, to talk more about their feelings and not just bond over sports or fishing. I guess fishing is a sport, but you know what I mean? (laughs) To not just bond over activities, but to really bond emotionally as well. So let's dive into the session and break it down a bit. I gave a lot of information to Nicholas as he's done a lot of work on this call. So it really was more about discovering guidance and processing. So not that much to break down, but I want to start with the heads up to coaches. And this is something I've mentioned before, which is the importance of not jumping straight to advice. You know, it's tempting when somebody calls in, how can I have more of emotionally connected relationship to my father to jump right into advice giving? Because I'm sure as coaches, you have lots of advice to give. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a coach. However, I really encourage you be more of an investigator than an advice giver. Be more of a detective than a lawyer. One of the most powerful questions to ask a client when they're talking about a shift or result they want is, why do you want this? Why is this important to you? We assume a lot in our conversations and in our listening. And as coaches, it's so important not to assume anything, but to really ask before we even go into any guidance, go into any processing, ask a client when they say they want something, why? What is it? What about this is important to you? How would things shift? Why does this matter? And then once we get that information, we want to dive even deeper. I started asking Nicholas more about his journey and the work that he has done so far so I could feel confident in my guidance that I was going to give him. Before I talked about having a more emotionally connected relationship to his father, I wanted to see how emotionally connected he was to himself and how much work he'd done any around any wounding with his father. If all of a sudden we uncovered a lot of wounding with his dad that he hasn't quite worked through, my guidance would have been in a different direction. I would have encouraged him to work more on his own wounding with his dad before he went to his dad looking for deeper emotional connection. From my point of view, it's really important whether it's with our parent, our spouse, our friend, anyone, to work through our own wounding with that person before we try to have a deeper connection with them or before we confront them or before we talk to them. Because otherwise the conversation is just way too emotionally charged. Another question that I asked Nicholas as part of my detective work is what did you yearn for specifically that you didn't get from your father? And those of you who listen to the show a lot know this is a massive question. It's a huge clue because whatever we didn't get from a parent, we're going to be looking for in a romantic partner. We're always going to be looking for that in that parent. And it's the thing we most need to give to ourselves. Now I want to add something to that. What we didn't get from a parent, yes, we most need to give to ourselves as we reparent ourselves. It's also something to be aware of in our romantic relationships and to be able to communicate to our partner where our wounds are so that that partner can be a little more conscious about not triggering them. For example, if you had a parent that had erratic behavior that was inconsistent, that you felt like you were walking on eggshells, Work through that, do your work around it, but in your intimate relationships, communicate to your partner, hey, inconsistency is a button for me. Erratic behavior is a button for me. So if one day you show up one way and then on a dime you snap and show up a different way, that could be triggering for me. So it's important that 
you're consistent in your behavior. And if you're not, that we can talk about that. You know, what I'm learning more and more as I'm navigating my relationship now is that, yes, we need to parent ourselves. We need to take responsibility for our wounds. And we also need to be able to communicate our needs in a relationship so that if and when they do get triggered, we can work on them inside ourselves, but we also have the opportunity to work with them with a partner. That was a bit of a tangent. Shifting gears back to this episode with Nicholas, I'm fairly confident that like Nicholas, a lot of you who are listening, who have done work to have a deeper connection with yourself are indeed craving a more real relationship with people, especially your parents. Now, the more we're connected to ourselves, the more connection we want with others. Yet it's also important to meet people where they're at, to offer an invitation for a more emotionally intimate relationship, more on how to do that in a moment. The other thing we talked about is that Nicholas's father didn't really have a role model for what a good father could be. He's really kind of navigating in the dark. It's important for Nicholas to keep that in mind so that he can go slow and have compassion for his father's journey as well. And also, it's not our job to teach our parents, but we do have an invitation to open the door. You know, more and more as consciousness is shifting, adult children are becoming generational pattern breakers. And in some ways, we're becoming guides. Younger generations have had access to more personal growth work. We've had access to vulnerability being cool. You know, it's kind of like, just like the younger generation now helps older generations with technology We're also helping them with personal growth and consciousness and communication. Again, it's not our job, but we do have an invitation to open the door and be a bit of a guide. And finally, I'll give you an overview of the direct guidance I gave to Nicholas, which are also your takeaways for this episode. First, when you're having a conversation with a man, do it moving. Again, I don't know where I picked this up. I picked it up from somewhere and I've noticed it in my conversations with men, with clients, often I'll be like, let's go for a walk. Let's go for a drive. There's something about not being stoic and not being still that often helps a kind of more vulnerable, intimate conversation with a man flow a little better. Next, the best way to invite someone to open up and to become more vulnerable is to be vulnerable ourselves, is to share something, is to open that door by beginning to share what we're learning, what we're experiencing. And you just want to be curious. The energy of curiosity will get you a long way. It really softens people's defenses. And next, be patient, especially with parents or anyone who's older. You know, the older someone is, the more decades of conditioning that person has. Like in Nicholas's case, he's only 27. So in terms of his personal growth work, he has fewer years to really process through, whereas his father probably has about double that. So it's being patient. And don't take someone's no or unwillingness or change of subject if you try to bring something up personally. You know, that was something Nicholas was afraid of. He was afraid of rejection. But if his father doesn't want to have these kind of conversation or sort of closes the door on having a deeper connection... That's not because Nicholas doesn't matter. That's not because he doesn't love his son. You know, another person's resistance has zero to do with us. The only way it has to do with us, and again, this isn't a reason to take it personally, is because there may be shame. A parent may not want to open up because they may be ashamed or they may think it's inappropriate to talk to their child that way. Don't take it personally. 
And finally, if you're looking for a deeper connection with your father or father figure, write out what a healthy father looks like, what it means to be a father, what it feels like to be or to have a healthy father. And let that be a roadmap for both your own inner relationship with the divine masculine inside of you and the kind of relationship that you'd like to create with either your father or father figures. And one more thing, if you're looking for additional support around masculinity, of course, my partner, Steph Safandos, if you just stephsafandos.com, you can go to his website and he has a bunch of information there. And also, I really love the Mankind Project. They have all kinds of support groups and seminars all over the world. And so that's another great resource for you. All right, everybody, that is the show for today. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Please message me and please know that I'm sending you so Thank much. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehassler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.